With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, it's Sunday, uh, May 21st. And we're talking about why we should speak the words of God. I mean, why does that benefit us? And uh, so last week we went through scriptures from the Old and New Testaments. We found that God's word is true. He's creator and the source of truth, which does not change and is not dependent on our perception of it. So we stand on the source because the source is real. And that is what is going to come from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. And that's what is going to make our lives better as we speak it. So let me just read off the last verse from last week, Hebrews 13, verse 5 from the Amplified. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So we can stand on God's word, and when we speak them, they will come true. We just need to grab those words and have faith in them and stand on them and, and speak them out of our mouths as a matter of course in our common everyday speech. We don't need to reserve those words just for a high prayer time or to look spiritual in church. We need to be speaking this at home or out in the yard or out in the workplace or wherever we are at. We need to keep these words in our hearts and let them come out of our mouths. Now today we're going to continue to talk about uh, why uh, we need to speak his words and talk about uh, the strength and the wisdom and the faithfulness in them. Uh, Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Yeah, it's right after Deuteronomy. So you know your first five books of the Bible, the Torah, and then it follows with the history of Joshua. Okay, so um, Taylor, how about reading that out of your American Standard? Chapter one, verse five and verse eight. But I'll tell you what, yeah, if you wanted to read 5 through 8, that would work too. But pay particular attention to the first and last out of this group of verses. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Okay. Well, he will never leave us or forsake us, and whatever or regardless of what we do, God is always faithful and is always with us. Now, how does that work? <clears throat> we need to be strong and confident in his word. We need to have good courage and hope in his word. And, and in verses 6 and 7, you see that he's uh, reaffirming God's covenant with his people. So we're standing in that covenant, and we need to understand it, know it, and speak as though we are in that covenant, uh, covenant, and he will deliver according to his word. Now, the thing is, uh, we cannot change the covenant or change his word to suit our purposes or desires. So turn not to the right or to the left. We have to stay on that straight path and obey. The obedience is key here. Keep those commandments. Uh, and as you grow in your faith and you develop your spiritual man, uh, you're going to hear verbal commandments through the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is part of God. He's part of Elohim. So we're going to have the written word in your Bible, which is all God-inspired. He used the hand of man to write it, but the words are from God. And then you'll hear commandments from the Holy Spirit. You'll, that's that small inner voice that you hear in your head. And so we need to heed them, listen to them carefully, and then obey them and obey them to the letter, not adding a jot or a tittle or subtracting a jot or a tittle. Those are accent marks in the Hebrew. And that's in the, that's in the Reve last book of Revelation. It talks about do not change one jot or tittle. Yeah. So that refers back to the original Hebrew language. And um, today, you know, it's don't turn to the right, do not turn to the left, don't take, add or subtract from God's word. Especially don't turn to the left. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is God talking directly to Joshua. And that's what I find so oppressive. I also like verse 9, where he says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not trouble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. He's saying he's, it's a command to be strong and courageous. And don't be afraid, but have your trust in him mm -hmm. for your safety and security. Um, Verse 8, this is important. This is one of the key verses. And all this is a spiritual paradigm. It's a building block in your foundation. 
So this is a pre primary precept. And you build upon this. Uh, do not let this book of the law, for them that was the Torah, mm -hmm. do not let this book depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it. Meditate. Uh, muse on it. Keep it in, in the back of your mind all the time. And I have a footnote that says whisper it. Whisper it. One would. Uh, Sandy Ziegler always said, be like a cow chewing on its cud. You know, you chew on it, and you chew on then chew it on the word, and then the cow swallows the, the grass or whatever it's eating, and then it burps it back up and chews on it again. And it's a constant uh, cycle. It's a process. So in doing this, then you'll make your way prosperous, and you shall deal wisely. So there's the wisdom. Have the wisdom and prosperity. good success and prosperity. And the prosperity is more than just financial prosperity, but it's all areas of your life. It's relationships, it's resources, it's uh, lands, it's having, having children and grandchildren. In those days, that was considered of primary importance to have a big lineage. So um, <clears throat> prosperity over all aspects of your life. And that includes, that's shalom, shalom peace. Okay. Any other comments about that? Uh, this uh, Amplified says that this is the only place in the early English versions where the word, word success is found. And that secret of su success is given in verses five through nine. And Joshua accepted Moses' place of leadership without misgivings. And God's will for him was his will, and he did not hesitate. To go all out for God was already habitual with him. It is the unfailing prerequisite of eternal success. So that is a precept right there. You want to be successful in life and forever and ever and ever? This is what you need to do. Verses 5 through Nine. <clears throat> okay, uh, Psalm 81, verse 10. Okay, this is just a short one. I'll read it quick. This is NIV, but the Amplified is the same. Yes. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. So he's the Lord that was able to bring all the, the Israelites <coughs> up out of Egypt. He accomplished something that was truly miraculous on a, on a large scale. And he's telling us that all we have to do is open our mouths wide like little baby birdies. And like the, the parent birds, he will fill our mouths with all good things. Yes. 
Okay, now uh, go towards the back of the Bible um, to Ecclesiastes. You have Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. Okay, Jill, verses 9 through 12. And what chapter? Chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. And furthermore, because the preacher was wise, he, Solomon, still taught the people knowledge, and he pondered and searched out and said in other many proverbs. The preacher sought acceptable words, even to write down rightly words of truth and correct sentiment. The words of the wise are like <clears throat> prodding goads and firmly fixed in the minds, like nails are the collected sayings, which are given as proceeding from one shepherd. But about going further than the words given by one shepherd, my son be warned, of making many books there is no end. So do not believe everything you read, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Okay. Tell you what, why don't you just read on down to 14. All has been heard. The end of the matter is, fear God, revere and worship him knowing that he is, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man, the full, original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all in harmony, in harmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun and the whole duty for every man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it is good or evil. Okay. Well, here, this is the the teacher is Solomon who wrote Ecclesiastes. And he was given wisdom from God. Right. So he's talking about how he was given this wisdom and he was meant to uh, set down these proverbs, which, you know, are in the book before, and he pondered them, searched them out, set them in order, and he did all that God directed him to do. And uh, he sought the proper words and words of truth and with the correct spirit and letter of the law behind them. So um, here he talks about the words of the wise are like prodding goads. Now, most people today doesn't know much about what a goad is. Uh, They know that you goad somebody, but they don't know what that originated from. Uh, The goad is a long pointed stick used for prodding cattle and other animals but the cattle were the main things. There were uh, nails, and then when you moved, move on through that, it's like nails. Yes. Nails that are firmly embedded or fixed in the mind. So you wanna take these, he's, he's goading us to fix these words of wisdom in our minds. And the good shepherd, the shepherd that he talks about here is Jesus. Now, Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. 
and he was very diligent in completing this huge task. Uh, in verse 12, he does say, you know, of making many books, there is no end. And what he's saying is there's going to be lots and lots of books in this world. Lots of people writing huge numbers of books, but not all of them are from God. Right, right. And they don't all contain truth, and you have to be very careful what you're reading. Mm -hmm. And even nowadays, you know, when we go to the spiritual section of a catalog or online or in the, our own local library, you have to be careful what books you pick off for that spiritual section because yeah. they're not all filled with the truth of God. Sure. People write books to make money or they get, they'll step a little bit away from the, the intent and the absolute truth of God's word and they'll make up their own little uh, version of it or their own interpretation and it can be slightly off just enough to walk you into a, a state of unbelief and sin and uh, vanity in trying to practice something that is not God's word. And that's where a lot of these cults end up. Sure. They, they'll take a grain of truth from the Bible and then they'll make their own interpretation and they'll start setting up their own rules and regulations and how you're to conduct yourself and you have to do this and do that and give this and give that. And uh, it becomes a, a false religion and you will not be successful in those kinds of practices. It becomes an excessive devotion to books. And I like it says here, it's wearying to the body. It's also wearying to the mind. Such a thing as over-reading something. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. God's word is <coughs> marrow and life to the body. Whereas a lot of these other ones are just going to drain the life out of you. So that's a good point that you made there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Fear God, worship him, verse 13. Keep, know and keep his commandments. Uh, and this is the whole of man, and it's the original purpose for which man was created. So uh, the foundation for all of our happiness and all of our abilities to cope and be successful and have wisdom is based on God's providence. The preacher in this, I assume that's Solomon? That's Solomon. Okay. The preacher because is Solomon, the shepherd is Jesus. Him. He's, in addition to being a wise man, the, the preacher also taught the people knowledge. He's preaching but, here. Okay. Well, He's functioning as a preacher in mm -hmm. writing the Proverbs. Because he's telling you what you should do and what you sh shouldn't do. Boy, I tell you what, he's a good writer, too. Mm -hmm. No wonder he gives himself a little praise. Any other comments on that verse? Okay, now go back. Ecclesiastes, and then you have Isaiah, and then Jeremiah. So let's go to Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah 1, verses 4 th through 12. Jill, do you want to read that since I just gave you like a little bit before? <laughs> 4 through 12. Yeah. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak of, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Say not, I am only a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I shall send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out, pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch or a shoot of an almond tree, the emblem of alertness and activity blossoming in late winter. Then said the Lord to me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Asa. Mm-hmm. Asa, to perform. Yes. Good. I think we uh, studied that word a few yes. months ago. Yes. <laughs> I have that all in the morning, good. so obviously it's been a Wow. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, God gave his word. He gave his words to us, and he gave us the ability to speak it then God's word is fulfilled. So, uh, when you look, he knew us before we were even formed in the womb. We were always a spirit man, waiting for a flesh body. <coughs> yes. So he knew us way back before we were a twinkle in our mother's and father's eye, as some people say. Um, but the spirit is eternal, so that was always there and then at the appointed time, we were clothed in the flesh body. And so <coughs> he knows everything about us. And, and he also um, knew the future. He knew who of us would accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. So he knew who would become his followers. He knew that all in advance. He knew everything that we would ever decide or choose, what we would do. And knowing that we would be accepting him, he already put his word in us. He set us apart. He consecrated us and anointed us. He appointed us and already knew what gifts he would give to us. Isn't that amazing? And um, so we always had that ability, that What's capability, that, that possibility within us. Now, we do have free will, so we had to actually make our own choices along the way. But since God's you know, omniscient, he's all-knowing, he knew which way we would go which way we would choose. And everybody had that grain of possibility. 
as an eternal spirit. <clears throat> so, you know, but if he knows when, we have that, when we have that false humility and say, oh, I can't do this, can't do this. No, it's already in us. He already put it there. But we have to work out. This is what it means to work out your salvation. There are things that we have to do to bring out that capability that he already put in us. And so like sitting in Sunday school and reading scripture and reading his uh, writings by his other anointed people, listening to teachings and preachings that line up with his word. That's what we need to do to bring all that out. But we all have that little mustard seed of faith that right. he gave everyone the same measure of faith. It's that mustard grain of faith that we need to work do our due diligence. That's that due diligence that you read about in Scripture. We need to seek His face. We need to develop relationship with Him. We need to pray to Him, talk with Him. And pray are, to Him, talk with Him, develop that closeness. Now there are a lot of people who decide not to take advantage of that measure of faith. Right, and, and then they don't get those gifts. The Normally they don't get the, right. so, those great gifts that I he reserves for those who seek him. That everyone has the capability, is born with the capability to seek God. Mm -hmm. So he already knows that we're going to make the wrong choice. Well, he leaves that up to us. Then, if he knows everything, but you know what? See, if we get but, into the predestination thing, here's the thing. But here's the thing. He places people on our paths that can can alter the way we would have gone. It gets really hard when you start thinking about predestination and start thinking about what does God know versus what well, we know. Well, pre predestination is this is predestination is he predestined us to be members of his kingdom yeah. and be followers. That's what that's what that pre predestination is. It doesn't mean you're going to be a carpenter or you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be a doctor or a teacher or a social worker or a massage therapist or whatever, salesperson. So That's not predestination. The predestination is he put that measure of faith in you. He put the capability in you because God is in you um, in your fleshly makeup even. And so that he breathed that Ruach HaKodesh the, the Ruach, Zoe life. So he breathed his breath, his spirit into the you. Essence. And that essence. There's your capability. <clears throat> but he knows what I'm going to do. But he still is sovereign. You have all these choices, like the Mendel brought theory. Yes. All these choices are available. He knows what paths, but you know those paths can alter. If other people are obedient to his word, he can send other people into your life and change some of those choices. But yeah, I think in the long run he does know everything that your, your path will take. Then why do we have a choice? Well, it's our choice. He just knows about it. Okay. He knows all the choices available. You have to make the action. You have to action. He can send people in 
to try to influence, but he knows what you'll end up doing. He's just saying he's, that. He's talking about predestination right now. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes, it's a touchy subject for people. Oh my gosh. I didn't even have predestination in this teaching. In Jesus. Us. <laughs> He's, he's, he's talking about predestination. He chooses us. Mm -hmm. But it's always a topic that <clears throat> kind of rubs people wrong. Well, see, sometimes. that's we like the thing. The, the yeah. Calvinist thought that everything in your life was already chosen by God. Mm -hmm. What you were going to do for a living, who you were going to marry, and all that. No, that's not predestination. The predestination is in the spirit realm and... and um, uh, your capabilities, the spirit of life that he breathes into you, and the capabilities. And he knows which way you're going to choose in life, and he gives you the anointings, the consecration, uh, the gifts, in his own good timing. See, and I he was already raised... made up his mind, he said, and we need to make up our mind. Yeah, I was raised Presbyterian. Well, that's what I thought. So the predestination that's their is part. very much a, a part of the yes. my belief system. They believe that but he's already predestined you to be rich or poor. Yeah. And the Presbyterians well, are going to be rich. So, yeah. but that's not no. He doesn't choose whether you're going to be rich or poor. He gives you choice. You have choices through the life, your life, and it's your choices that are going to determine your status in society. But spiritually, he knows which way you're going to go. It's up to us to well. work it out. Well, I understand the rejection of Christ or the faith. I understand well, the reason what to reject it. To yeah. re yes. And then in verse 12, he says he's seen well and he's alert and actively watching over his word to perform it. So he, he, he listens to our thoughts and words. And when he hears us speaking his word, he's going to perform his word and carry through with it. <clears throat> I think it is really hard to reject God. You know, I think people have to work at not wanting his love. Well, because I he is so full of love for people. They have to close themselves down they, and close themselves you know, off. When they speak of it, you know, if you're yeah. speaking that God, that word God, I think then you have, obviously you know there, there's well, something that somebody believes in, yeah. you know. Okay, well right here's an example. Look at verse 9. Right. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And he just did that. Because I had no idea I was going to talk predestination or that the rest of you would jump in and ask questions and have a discussion on that. Yeah. So he inserted his words in all of us around this table. And isn't that serendipity with what's happening upstairs? With what's being taught upstairs by the pastor. 
he inserted those words right here. He gave his word, he gave his words to us, and he gave us the ability to speak it. And then oh, God's word is fulfilled. Now, I'll just read verse uh, Job 5, verse 9. You don't have to flip to that. It's just a couple words. Job 5, verse 9 reconfirms Jeremiah. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. So that's why we speak his word, because when we need a miracle, we have to speak God's words to get that miracle. You have someone lying on their deathbed, and they're young, and you want them full, full of life and return to normal, that's when you're praying the, the, for a miracle, and that's when you need to pray God's word to see that miracle come to pass. Now let's go to Psalm. So back up. Psalm 77. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, Psalm 77, verses 10 through 14. And it's Ed's turn to read. <laughs> <laughs> 10. And I say, this apparent desertion of Israel by God is my appointed lot and trial. But I will recall the years of the right hand of the Most High in loving kindness extended toward us. For this is my grief, and that the right hand of the Most High changes. I will earnestly recall the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will earnestly remember the wonders you perform for our fathers of old. I will meditate also upon all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Yeah, more than that. To verse 14. Your, your ways, O God, is in the sanctuary and holiness away from sin and guilt, who is great God like our God. You are the God who does wonders. You have demonstrated your power among the people. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to read it down then. I believe, of course, it's like a third of the words. <clears throat> then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Now that right hand of the Most High, that's the arm of strength and covenant. Mm -hmm. So you'd like to have that right hand. The right hand of covenant and strength. I guess this psalm uh, at the top for me says, when overwhelmed, remember God's greatness. So... What I like in the NIVs, it says, remember, meditate, consider. So it's all different ways of pondering the word of God and pondering the miracles that he has performed, all the wonderful things that he's performed, the, the blessings and the power. God's works are above all that we can think or imagine and are unlimited, and his ways are powerful and holy. So, 
I love those verses. I will meditate also upon all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. And so you can rely on him for those things that man cannot do. But our God can. And so when you find yourself in the bottom of a pit or backed up against a wall, that's when you start speaking God's words. And miracles will happen. We've seen them in this church. We've seen them in our own lives. And we know it's for true. Okay. Now, jump back to Ecclesiastes again. Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Chapter 7. Right before Isaiah. Okay, Taylor, uh, verses 11 and 12. Ecclesiastes, what? 11, uh, Sorry. chapter 7, okay. uh, particularly verses 11 and 12, but I think probably Taylor will want to read. What, the whole thing? Down. <laughs> nah, probably. I'm going to start with 9. Okay, but pay that's attention, a notation I have from pay attention to 11 and 12 for this particular aspect. Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? <laughs> for it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. Wisdom, along with an inheritance, is good, and an advantage to those who see the sun. For wisdom is protection, just as a m money is protection. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the lives of its possessors. Why don't you read down through 14? Okay. Consider the works of God. For who is able to straighten what he has been bent? What he has bent, okay. In the day of prosperity, be happy. But in the day of adversity, consider, God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not discover anything that will be after him. Okay. So you have choices. <laughs> yeah, don't be angry about it. Wisdom is an inheritance. It's a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. It's a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this, that wisdom preserves your life. Wisdom preserves life. And so we need to get God's wisdom and speak it out over our, our own circumstances. Even it says money is protection too. So this is, I think, one of the few passages where he said money is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, money in, in and of itself is not evil. It's the love of money. It's the spirit of mammon. You can't give to others unless you have a lot to have, unless you own. You know, you can't give what you don't have. So he wants us to be prosperous. So money is a shelter. And it can be a shelter for other people, too, as we, we're blessed to be a blessing. But uh, wisdom preserves our lives. So even if we don't have money, he'll make a way for us. 
He can give us other resources. He can put people in our lives that help us. There is a yoke. Now it said that under the sun, my footnote says that um, the Holy Spirit is using him to show that those conclusions are the tragic effect of living under the sun, ignoring the Lord. Mm. That's what, see if, if you read that it says, Wisdom is good as an inheritance, more excellent it is than living under the sun. Yeah, and ignoring the sun Lord. god. Mm -hmm. Yes. Worshiping nature. nature. Basically, yeah, there were, well, back in the, those times, you had a lot of uh, people who were nature worshipers. Yeah, that's why it drives me nuts when I hear people say, oh, Mother Nature did that. And I'm like, really? Yeah, well, and on some of these uh, shows that sell gemstones, I've heard some of the hosts say, Mother Nature and Father God. They're, they're trying to be politically correct. In both ways. And spiritually uh, remembering our, our, our God, Jehovah, yeah. <coughs> Elohim. <laughs> and they're trying to please everybody in the audience. And it's like, no, there's no Mother Nature. It's Elohim. That's it. You don't have to be politically correct and keep talking about how beautiful that stone is that was created by Mother Nature. No. <laughs> right. But they're afraid some people might be offended by mentioning God. So they do that and then well then they know that there are people oh, so like us. Nature that made this pretty stone. Yeah, so and then, then there are people it. like us that say, No, God made it. Yes. So they try to please both. <laughs> well, you know, I mean that's the nitty gritty of everyday life. Yeah. And here's the words that they're speaking out. And we have to be cognizant of the truth and what's not true. Um, there is a yoke-breaking and burden-removing empowerment in the word. The mouth is the instrument to implement God's word in your life. Power lives in the consistency of your words. Verbalize, speak it out loud according to what the word says. Get it into your heart and say it in all situations. No matter how the situation appears in the natural, put God's supernatural power into effect by working within his spiritual laws and by his word. Now, Bill, uh, Dr. Bill Winston said, The law of confession is one of the basic fundamental laws that govern this universe and determine our destiny. Huh. There we go again. Yes. It applies to believers and non-believers because it is a law. Your words reflect your fate, not the devil, not your nation or background, not your relatives or your circumstances. It's your word. Confession or speaking in line with God's word will change the circumstances in your life. So now let's go to the New Testament, to the book of Galatians. Finally. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Old Testament. Yeah, but there's so many good pearls in the Old yeah. Testament. I like getting into the Old Testament. Who is this, Sammy? It's not anybody from our praise team. Galatians, what chapter? Oh, uh, Barney and Debbie Holland were up there to perform. Yeah, they're playing the guitars. Yeah. Okay. 
Galatians chapter 6. Well, you got it before I did. I'm looking at <laughs> Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9. Now I want to read that in the NIV. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows <coughs> to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Okay. Now, do you want to read the blown-out version in the Amplified, Jill? Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's bigger. Do yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pre <clears throat> pretender, pretension or professions, or by his precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. For he who sows to his own flesh, lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen or relax our courage and faint. Okay. The NIV is pretty much in your face. Yes. This is it. Yes. But then don't be delusional. <laughs> but then the Amplified uses all these other words just in case you thought you'd squeak around it. If you thought, well, I could kind of like slide around that word a little bit. Yeah. All I have is God is not mocked. Okay. <laughs> and you just went on and on. It's like, oh, okay. God is not mocked, okay. Oh, my. <coughs> well, he he will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, yes. disdained, or mocked. Okay. That's cute. And, uh, and then it says... Um, Whoever does all those things just deludes himself. That's right. Who thinks he's trying to delude God. No, God knows the truth, and he knows you're not sticking with it. Yes. <laughs> my, my Bible says it has a simple thing for 6 through 10 that says, Do not lose heart in doing good. Oh, okay. Which I, I think, you know, is very nice for a title for that section. Yeah. Don't lose heart in doing good. Yeah. Don't get weary. Don't fade. Don't try to well, shortcut things. <laughs> Just the, the bottom line is be God consistent knows. and persistent. And <laughs> God knows your insides as well. Yeah. Okay, what time do you have there? Noon. About almost five till. Okay. So um, right here now we're going to go into sowing and reaping. Okay. So when we pick up on this next week. Uh, we're going to start into some verses about sowing and reaping. Okay. So this would be a good stop with Galatians because then next week we're going to have several verses in Mark and Peter and some of the others. So that's a good spot. Well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Digressed on
uh, predestination. But here's the thing. Well, we start talking about it at that exact time. Well, Pastor Jeff started talking about it up, upstairs. And I didn't hear it. No, we didn't. No, he started saying I mean, that I word didn't. right after we started our yeah. discussion. I so, and I talk I about God it. giving us uh, an end time yes. illustration of those verses about God putting his word in our mouth. And not just his word to scripture, but his verbal right. words. So, isn't that amazing? I think one of the beautiful things about people who are born again and who know God and know his will is you don't have to worry about predestination. It's not an issue for us because you know that you're, you're you know going that you to God and you know that you know you know. Predestination is an issue for people, I think, that haven't become born again and that aren't sure if they're saved. So. But it bothers you sometimes when you realize there are a lot of people out there who aren't saved, and then you wonder, why are you, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you had to make a choice, I think, at one point to accept it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.